Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. The 46th Psalm, and we're going to read... Uh, one through three. And the psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will we not fear? Though the earth be removed, And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled. Man, I I just feel Jesus right now. Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. Pray with me. Thank you again, Lord, for today. Thank you for this word. I need your help. Help me to yield myself to you that it would be the Holy Spirit sharing the Father's heart with these hearts. Father, help me to preach the words that you have to say. That which would arrest the conscience of the lost in that which would grab the attention of your children. Help us today to be vessels of your message, of your love, that hearts would be turned toward you and that no one would leave the same way they came. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. On Monday morning... Uh, I guess about five in the morning. I think I wrote it down somewhere because I think I looked at my clock. I had a dream on Monday morning. And a lot of it just seemed kind of crazy. And I think with, you know, most dreams, we take dreams as dreams. Sometimes we try to make too much out of dreams. We try to make everything mean something. And I dream all the time. I guess every night. I just, I dream constantly. And, uh... But sometimes you have a dream and you realize it wasn't just a dream. Sometimes you have a dream and you realize somebody was telling you something. And even within those dreams, I mean, our mind is mixed in, you know, how, how dreams are. But anyway, uh, a, a little further on, it, it, it wouldn't be the best moment in what I've got to say to share it right now. A little further on, I'm going to share that, but... It was enough that I thought, I need to stop and write this one down. And so I did. And I thought about it throughout the week. And then throughout the week, I, I kind of forgot about that. And I just began to take down notes of what, what I felt like God was putting in my heart about this Sunday. And then either Friday night or yesterday, I was looking over those notes and then realized the date of today, 
of today. And I thought, this is not coincidence. <laughs> this is not, uh, I always forget to look at these. Rose always makes them. Good job. I like that one. I always forget to turn around. I go home and I'm like, oh, what did the thing look like? But anyway, uh, I thought this is no coincidence that I'm preaching this now. And so we, today we want to call the message 911. 911. If I were to say to this congregation right now that I'd like for everybody to remember February 16th of 1996. Some of y'all are way ahead of me. How many of you remember what you were doing on February 16th of 1996? Same. What if I say April 23rd of 1999? Anybody? How about November 7th of 2021? What if I say, does anybody remember where they were on August 29th of 2022? Anybody? You, you remember? You remember? All right, put your hand down. You're ruining my point. <laughs> you didn't really ruin it. However, if I say, how many of you remember where you were or what you were doing on September 11th, 2001. Anybody? Look around the room. Look around the room. Look around the room. That's amazing, isn't it? There are a few events. Now, there are a few, but they are few. There are few events so burned into the memory of the people of the United States of America or the world, for that matter. Every one of us remember where we were. It's so strange, that moment. I was driving up Federal Hill almost to the stoplights by where Casey's is now. And I was going to turn left to go through that way all the way to Highway 67 to go to Festus to do a magic show at Crystal Oaks Nursing Home to encourage the people. And I pulled up almost to that stoplight and whatever I was listening to on the radio, they broke through and gave the announcement of what had just happened. And my brain went through so many things in that moment, so many feelings, so many emotions, so many thoughts. You know, uh, now, now some families are military families, and everybody's always been. I, I, we've never been a military family. I don't have people in my family that were in the military. So in my mind, in my whole life, my brain had never went toward being in the military. My brain just never went there. Maybe because I was supposed to do this. I don't know. My brain never went there. But it was so weird because I remember when that announcement came, something rose up inside of me, and I didn't know the connotations. It, nobody did at that point. Nobody knew everything that it meant. 
Nobody knew what else may be getting ready to ensue and maybe all across the country. And in that, in that moment, something rose up and I said, I'll go. I'll go. I, just, I had that thought. I'll go. Like, like if, if I was needed, whatever it be, I'll go. Like, what would I have done? I don't know what I would have done. Probably they wouldn't want me to go. But that just, that came up. I never had that feeling. It's, it's etched. And you remember. Isn't it crazy that it was on 911? <laughs> Some people probably got a lot of things to say about that, which we're not going to talk about today. But isn't it funny that it was on 911 that our whole country was crying emergency? We said, we'll never forget. We'll never forget. And we won't. And we won't. When I realized the date, instantly that, that's where my mind went. We won't forget that 2,996 people did not come home to their families after work that day. We won't forget that 25,000 others were injured. We will not forget for the first time questioning our sense of safety and security that we have always taken for granted in the United States of America. An emergency. But can I tell you that our world is in a state of emergency right now? Right now our world is in an emergency. Right now our country is in an emergency. Right now, many of you are in a state of emergency. And while the great tragedies that take place are atrocious, they are only the outside manifestation of the root problem. Do you hear me what I'm telling you? They are only leaves on the tree. But the roots that you can't see, that which is down below the surface and that what it's feeding off of to then grow up and then produce the leaves. Those are the problems. They're only the outside manifestation of the root problem. They're only the effect of the cause, the catalyst of the consequence, the reaction to the action, to the thing inside. Jeremiah 17 in 9 says this, the heart is deceitful. Anybody lived long enough to know that's true? That's true. Your heart will lie to you. The world says, follow your heart. I wouldn't recommend it. I would not recommend following your heart. Well, what does your heart say to do? Your heart is a big fat liar, so don't listen to your heart. Don't listen to your heart. Listen to the Word of God. Listen to the Bible. Listen to Jesus. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to your grandma that's already been there, done that. Listen to your pastor. Listen to godly people in your life. Seek godly counsel. The heart is deceitful above all things 
and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. The problem in our country and in our individual life, and the problem that it, that it exists in our country is really just a whole lot of individual problem. Come on. The country is made up of people. We, we make things uh, corporate, and sometimes we forget that corporate is made up of lots of ones, lots of people. Uh, you know, Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. I think that's great. I think sometimes we get so focused on saving the world, we forget that to save the world, we got to save one at a time. The greatest, the greatest revival is one person telling one other person the gospel, and that one coming to Jesus. The problem is not an outside problem. The problem is an inside problem. The problem is humanity without God always tends to destruction. That doesn't tend, runs full bore. Humanity without God is a, is a wreck. Humanity without God doesn't work. It's chaos. It's confusion. It's disaster. It's destruction. It is pain. It's hell. Humanity without God. This is our heart without God. Our heart, our heart without God is deceitful and is wicked and is evil. Our country is in a state of emergency and people all around us are in a state of emergency. If we want to talk about the 911 for our country, we could talk about abortion, which, by the way, right now is still 50 million a year. If you don't do your math real fast, it, I'll just help you out and tell you that's 125,000 a day. That's about 35,000 since I've started talking. Babies, human beings that somebody else decided not to let in the world. They decided to call somebody else's body their body and played the part of God in the name of convenience and snuffed out their own child. We could talk about the abortion crisis. We could talk about suicide rates. We could talk about sexual confusion. We could talk about the celebration of immorality. I started to look up statistics on so many of these different things, but then I realized that, honestly, I don't have to go any further than Walmart on a Friday night to tell you that people are lost and undone without God and his son, that the world is in chaos that the world is lost. And there's no logic. What the world believes is logic is really plainly not logic. You, you hear the cries of the liberal left and you say, that shouldn't even make sense to you. It shouldn't even make sense to you. It doesn't make any sense. So today... On September 11, 2022, our country is in need of a 911 call. Do you hear me? You better help me to preach today. 
I got to be honest, you were a little quiet during praise and worship. So I need you to jump in, jump in and help me to preach. Our country is in need of a 911 call. There are untold billions of individuals throughout our community, our state, our country, our world that are in need of a 911 call. It is a spiritual 911 that manifests in all the outward chaos that we see. You see the craziness, you say, what's wrong with them? What's wrong with them is that they need Jesus Christ. They need the author of life and life himself. We were dead in our trespasses. The Bible says we were walking around dead in our trespasses. Without Jesus, we're walking around in darkness. Without Jesus, we are walking, we are dead men walking. We're walking around in death. The problem is the same that it has always been a fallen, sinful humanity that needs the Lord Jesus Christ. The problem is the same today, and the answer is the same today. It has never changed, and it will never change, and this book is as relevant today as it was thousands of years ago. The Word of God is true, and it's relevant, and we need Jesus. All the chaos, all the chaos that we see, the Memphis live stream shooter, that this past week went around and shot up as many places as he could while live streaming the whole thing before anybody could catch him. The 48 people that were shot in Chicago this past weekend, which is becoming just a pretty regular weekend for Chicago. Seems like they would have a lot less since they have the strictest gun laws in the country. Somebody ought to get their calculator out. How about a mass stabbing in Saskatchewan? Maybe they should make knives illegal. You see, there's no amount of legislation that will ever fix it. You cannot legalize morality. And besides that, give me this one, besides that, all of the lawmakers are filled with wickedness and depravity and evil themselves. So evil lawmakers and an evil president will never be able to fix the problem of evil. The evil is on the inside. It's in the heart. And the only answer is the blood-stained cross of Calvary of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is the only answer. 911. 911. And there is only one dispatch that can take this 911 call. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help 
in trouble, a very present help in trouble. This is not going to be a long word, but it'll be a strong word. I want to talk to you not just on a grand scale, but I want to bring this right down into your living room. Many times here at this church, we talk about learning the keys of victory that we are not living from miracle to miracle. You understand what I mean when I say that? I'll say it this way. The greatest miracle of all is not to need one. The greatest thing is not God rescuing you every day. The greatest thing is learning how to live in a way that we're not in need of rescue. Amen? So many times here we talk about learning the keys of victory that we don't live miracle to miracle from rescue to rescue. But I've got something different stirring in my heart this week, and it's this. Even though that's true, let us not forget that when we do get in a mess, when we do need a rescue, to make that call. To call on the name of Jesus, to run to him which is all merciful, to run to him which is all graceful, to run to him which is all love and all kindness and all compassion and all light, to turn from whatever we've been in and to turn to Jesus and to grab hold of him and ask for his help. God will hear, he is merciful. He is loving. He is kind. He is long-suffering. And listen, no matter what you've done and no matter where you find yourself, no matter what it is that you did, no matter how many times you did it, no matter how long you've been doing it, no matter how hard you've run, no matter the depths of depravity, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you right where you are. He loves you too much to leave you there, but he loves you right where you are. You don't have to change anything for him to love you, but his love will change you when you finally stop running. But he loves you right now. He loves you right now. He loves you. No matter where you've gone, no matter what you've done, run to him. Run to him. Every individual, run to him. Every drug addict, run to him. Every alcoholic, run to him. Everybody that hurts, everybody that's heartbroken, everybody that's confused, run to him. United States of America, run to him. He said, come unto me, all that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He said, I have a different yoke than the one you've been wearing. He says, in my burden is light and my yoke is easy. Call heavens 911. Call heavens 911. Many of us, even in this room, I'm sure, are in crisis of different sorts. Don't. Forget to pray. Don't forget to pray. Doesn't that seem like kindergarten? But how many times? How many times do we go through it and we go through it and we go through it and we go through it? And then somewhere along the way we say, well, I guess I'll ask the Lord. Oswald Chambers said that prayer is the answer to every problem. Prayer is the answer to every problem. 
It doesn't matter what comes. It doesn't matter what it is. God knows. God knows the part that you're supposed to play, and God knows what you can't do and that he is glad to do when we lean on him in faith. Hallelujah. Don't forget to pray, and don't wait another minute to pray. Pray now. Pray while I'm preaching. Whatever you do, whatever it is, if you're going through something, Talk to him right now. You can do it in your seat. You can come down here. People can be down here praying the whole time. You will not affect me. But pray. Don't wait another minute to say, God, I didn't ask you about this. I don't know why I didn't ask you. I don't know why I didn't bring this situation to you. God, help. Maybe you say, I don't know how to pray about it. Then that's what you say. God, I don't even know how to pray about this. But I'm bringing it to you. How long? Do we have to wrestle? How long do we have to struggle in our own power before we ask God to step in to the situation? Proverbs says this, the name, my God, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they're safe. We are the righteous. Righteous doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. Righteous doesn't mean you never falter, you never fail. Righteous means I have placed my faith in the one who is righteous. righteous righteousness is not something you do. Righteousness is something you wear. And the more you wear it and the more you're aware of it, the more you'll start acting like somebody that wears righteousness. A righteous person is the person that has accepted that Jesus Christ is the only answer and forgiveness for their sin. A righteous person is the one that has said, not me, but you. The righteous is the one that said, I have a mess, but you have an answer. The righteous one is the one that says, without you, I'm a sinner, but with you, I'm a saint. The righteous one is the one that says, I couldn't pay for my own forgiveness, but you are the son of God and you have paid for my forgiveness. You died on the cross of Calvary. Three days later, you rose up again. You want to live in me. I've received you. And now you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Give him a hand clap of praise. The righteous run into it. And they are safe. It's, it's the righteous. It's the children of God. It's the born again. It's the saint. You run into the tower, the strong tower, the name of Jesus, and you're safe. Listen to this. I don't remember ever, ever, ever seeing this Bible verse until I was trying to find some Bible verses on prayer, and I found this one. First Chronicles 16.11. It's very simple, but man, it just hit me. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Isn't that great? What a great verse. Seek the Lord and his strength. We seek him, we seek his strength, and we seek his face continually. We seek his face. We seek his face. The first part is his hand. The second part is his face. We seek his strength. That's in his arm. He upholds you by the right hand of his power. But the second part is to seek his face. Have you ever watched a baby? You know, babies don't see real well when they first get here. And then as they begin to see, they, you know how babies flop around. I felt like Stevie Wonder when I did it. 
sorry. Your babies, they flop, and they're looking, and, they're, and they try to look for somebody's face. It's just in there. It's, 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 it's automatic. When, when mom comes into the room, when dad comes into the room, they don't look and lock in on your shoulder. They're looking for your face. There's that connection. There is comfort in your baby seeing your face. Your face is affirmation. When I find your eyes, I know it's okay. The baby is all by itself until it sees somebody's face. When it finds your face, all of a sudden, they're here. Now I don't have to worry. Now I can calm. Now I can ask for this thing that I'm <laughs> needing. Now I can tell them I need milk. Now I can tell them my butt's wet. Come on. The baby, the baby's looking for their face. Somebody's face, it's different than just what they can do for you. It's different than just a, a thing. Their face is who they are. It's them being present. You see, God's hand is not enough for me. God's given me all kinds of blessings when I wasn't really walking with his presence. But I, I've come to a place where whether I get the thing or not, I'm okay as long as he's here. He told Abram, I, the Lord your God, am the exceeding great reward. I'm more interested in him than what he can do. What he does, you know, stuff comes and goes and we go through different things. But if I can just be with Jesus, if I can be with Jesus, seek the Lord in his strength and seek his face continually. Always be looking for the fact that God's looking at you. God is looking at you. God is looking at you. Look for his face. Seek his face. Seek the fact that I know he's looking at me. Even when I don't see him, he's working. Even when I don't feel him, he's working. He never stops. He ne there he is. I knew. It took a few weeks. It took a few months. It took a year. This thing seemed hard. Many times I felt like I was by myself, but he said he'd never leave me and he'd never forsake me. So I kept seeking it. I see him in it. There he is. He was in it the whole time. There, there is God. God has been with me through the whole. There he is. There he is. I had this dream the other night. And it starts off real silly, kind of. Uh, I haven't figured out what all of this means, but some of it was really bold and obvious. Some of it, I think I'm starting to see what it means. And then uh, some of it, I think I'm going to come to realize what it means. I had this dream. And in the dream, I was showing Rose a Facebook post. And it was, I don't know if it's some kind of a little article or just a, a picture, or if it was a little video. But it was showing where animals were saving drowning people. Animals were saving drowning people, mostly marine animals. And the way that the marine animals would save drowning people is basically that they would swallow them. They would swallow the person except for their head. And they would swim up to the top. I told you. 
and they would swim up to the top, and they would hold that person's head where the person could breathe until help could come. And so one picture, would, it would show a picture of where it actually happened, you know, and I remember there was like a, like a, a whale, you know, it grabbed somebody, brought them to the top so that they could breathe so they wouldn't drown. But then there was a picture next to it, which was like a cutaway view, like a, a biology class kind of view that would show the inside, the illustration, so you could see how the person was positioned inside the animal, the animal basically cradling and holding the person, but keeping their head at the top so that they could breathe, all right? Now, the dream was pretty far out because uh, it also included some bears and things, and I haven't figured that out yet. So, so that, that, that may have just been pizza from the night before. I don't know. But suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, and this is where I think, now it, it may turn out that I realize something in that, but I think this is where it changed. Suddenly, I was at an actual lake where this that we had just seen was being experimented by a class led by a professor. The class wanted to test this. This professor had the idea, the class, to see about these animals rescuing drowning victims and keeping them at the top so they wouldn't drown. And they were using sheep as guinea pigs, which sounds really funny when I say that. They were using sheep as the, the test subjects, as the guinea pigs. So here's what was happening. This team of people, this class and this professor, and the professor was mostly walking around watching. The class would take the sheep and toss them out to drown. Just toss them out just to see what happened. And the aquatic animals would grab them and bring them up to the surface and hover there until one of the team, of which I was this part, I guess, would go and get that animal after the, you know, the great fish or whatever had brought them up. We would walk around looking in the water to see if there were any sheep that had not been rescued, that had drowned laying on the bottom, or some that had not been rescued but were still alive on the bottom that needed rescued. There were several being rescued, and it was reported by the class that two had died. They had found two dead. The team left the water. But I didn't think that all had been accounted for. I believed that there were several unrescued sheep that may not have drowned yet. So I begin to go through the water and find them and pull them out and throw them to the shore. 
I also found a lot more bodies laying still on the bottom than they had. It didn't seem right that some of these were there on the bottom. So I pulled one out, and it laid dead in my hands. But suddenly, I could feel the slightest pulse, the tiniest little bit of motion. So I shook the sheep, and it came right back around. It wasn't actually dead. So I began to yell at the others that we can save them. The ones that you think are all the way dead are not dead. We can pull them up. We just have to shake them. And the water will come out and they breathe. They're not, they look dead. It looks over, but they're not dead. And I was shouting at them. But they're just leaving. And I even saw a sheep walking on the bottom of the lake, but going the wrong direction. It was going deeper and deeper, and it was drowning, walking in the wrong direction. And it's like it was unaware that it was drowning and that it didn't have to drown. It didn't know it was drowning, and it didn't know that it didn't have to. It didn't know that all it needed to do was walk out instead of deeper in. After the task was done, the team had already left. Only the professor was there collecting his things to leave. And I said to him, I said, only those original two actually died. The rest were not dead. I said, some were even walking around the wrong direction. All lived, but those first two. All lived, but those first two. He said, oh, well, maybe there will be more than two tomorrow. I said, there were only two dead. He said, oh, well, maybe there will be more than two tomorrow. And all of a sudden, I realized the professor had very different intentions than what I had. He didn't care at all. He had no regard for these sheep at all. He didn't care that two were dead, and he was almost hopeful that more would die next time. He planned on doing this every day. Can I tell you that there really are sheep drowning right now, and they don't even know it? I wish we had a lot of time. I'm not going to try to unpack everything that I've thought about this. This was not by chance that I had this dream. This is not an accident dream that I made up in my brain. That I dream that I'm waiting around rescuing drowning sheep. Recognizing the ones that everybody else gave up on. And saying, no, there's something here. You just got to pick them up and shake them. 
and me going down into the deep water, and I swam down to get the one that was just walking around, had no idea it was dying, but somebody had to get it. So I swam down, and I got it, and I brought it out the other direction. There really are sheep drowning right now, and they don't even know it. Can I tell you there really is a professor There really is an enemy in charge of this world system, and he's playing with human beings and hoping that more will die without being rescued. And he's trying to distract the team that even some of those that might care that they're oblivious to the fact that anything can be done. So there's an enemy who's trying to take out the ones he can, but he's trying to lie to the ones that can do something about it that they will not go down because they could walk right past him and start saving sheep if they would just believe that there was a purpose and a life and a hope, if they would believe there was a reason, if they would believe that the sheep were worth rescuing. And can I tell you that I really am wading through the water and looking? Luke said, for the Son of Man, Luke recorded, Jesus saying, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And what did he call us? Matthew 18. How think ye, if a man has a hundred sheep... And one of them be gone astray, like that one walking around the wrong direction. Doth he not leave the 19, that's just unreal, and goeth into the mountains and seeketh that which is gone astray. I don't have anything real cute for you today. This is what I have. I'm asking, will you call 911 with me? I'm asking, will you join the rescue effort so weird to me because I was putting all this down and I remembered four weeks ago when all this started with Paul in the catalyst the catalyst the first text that he sent out to all of us you remember what did it say man it said 911 911 was that first Listen, there are people crying out for help that we do not understand what they're going through. We don't know the kind of hurt. We don't know the kind of confusion. Now, Paul won. Paul Paul won. I wish he had stayed here a lot longer winning, but he's with Jesus. He won. But as I thought about the dream, and I thought about what God was speaking to me, and then I realized what the date was, and then I realized what Paul said, I said, my God, I said, what a crisis. The mental health crisis in our country. The people that are walking around that can't even convey to anybody else what they're hearing and what they're feeling. Oh, church, we've got a lot of work to do. We've got to call 911. We've got to call out to Jesus. And we've got to be so sober-minded 
When I say sober-minded, I mean we've been oblivious. I mean we, be, we, we stay so busy and caught up in whatever we're doing, and sometimes we let uh, church get in the way of ministry. Sometimes we get so in a cycle of we do these things that it's easy to walk right past a drowning sheep that's far from knowing anything about a Bible study. Can I tell you, they're out there and they're everywhere. And there are, and some may have wandered in today. We've got a lot of work to do. It's a season of harvest. It's a season of harvest. And no matter how I pray, and no matter how I read, and no matter what situations we run into, and no matter what tragedies we see, it comes up again. I say, my God, it's a season of harvest. We got to go get them. We got to go get them. We got to go get them. I feel like I've said what I'm supposed to say today. Would you stand with me? Whatever you want to play, Vince. I, I saw a video that somebody made the other day. The, 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 video, the person that made it, very well intended, very well intended, loves Jesus, no doubt. I'm not questioning that. But they were coming against uh, churches having revivals. They said the reason we shouldn't have revivals and this and that. And I, I understood what they meant. They were, they were trying to talk about the fact revival means bring to life. And if we've received Jesus, we are alive. And they were talking about a lot of times with revivals how there's just a lot of emotion and then the emotion leaves. You know, I totally understand what they meant. I'm, 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 not, uh, I'm not trying to critique or criticize what their heart was. I, I did comment, a kind comment, and I said, you know, I said, years ago, I said, I asked God. I said, God, send revival. And the Holy Spirit replied to me. Some of you remember. He said, where do you want me to send you? Where do you want me to send you? Revival is not a thing that God pours from the sky onto his people. If the word means revive, revival, revive life, and it does, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. If I have received him, that's another word for salvation, revived. I have been revived. I was dead, but he put them Holy Ghost paddles to my chest and said, clear, and run the devil off. And I have been revived. Revival came. So now revival is when I find somebody else that needs the same thing that I needed. And I give them the gospel. And when they hear it, it breaks through all that junk and says, clear. It, they come to life. God, send revival. Where do you want me to send you? 
A lot of us have said, God, we want revival. You are the revival. You already know the gospel. You don't need God to pour something out of heaven. You need to take what we have and what is in you and give it to somebody. That's revival. That is revival. It's a season of harvest. I want to ask the church to come and pray for 911. Would you come right now? Would you find a place, whether it's on one of these front chairs or the steps or here sitting or laying or kneeling or whatever, whatever you want to do, standing, it doesn't matter. Would you come and seek this? Would you come and seek this? Seek God. Today, we're not praying for each other. Today, we are seeking God for this revival. We are seeking God, saying, 911! 9-1-1. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.